Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our new website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Peristyle Podcast. This is episode number 53 of the Peristyle Podcast. We had our one-year anniversary show last week. Hope you enjoyed that. We had Bruce Feldman and a couple other guests on there. Uh, this week, it's kind of a unique podcast. We only have one guest. We're going to get to that in a few minutes. If you want to check us out, the podcast is a USC weekly show, internet radio show that talks all about the USC Trojan football team. So if you like the USC Trojan football team, check us out on the Peristyle Podcast. You can find us on iTunes. Of course, you can go to our new website, peristylepodcast.com. So you right on that website, you can get the latest episode, play it right there, or download it to your computer. Uh, there's the RSS feed, so if you have a favorite RSS reader, you can get that show from there. It'll go right to your browser if you use Firefox or Internet Explorer or any of those. Those all work as uh, as browsers. You can use Google, Yahoo, all that stuff. You can get the RSS feed for the Parastyle Podcast there and, and have it download to your computer every week. We do the show every Wednesday, so you can get it right there. And also, if you have iTunes, it can download it to your iPod or any of your MP3 players. Play it at your leisure. Some people like to download it and listen to it at the gym. Whatever you want to do, you can do all of that. Uh, if you have any questions or comments for us, just drop us an email, podcast at uscfootball.com. That's podcast at uscfootball.com. We'll do our very best to get to those questions. Uh, like I said, this week is a very interesting week. We have one guest. It's the first time we only just have one guest for the entire show, but he has so much to say. We're going to give him the whole hour. Lanny Julius. Lanny, what's going on, man? Good to be here. Thank you for joining us. Just so everyone knows, if you don't know who Lanny is, he's a very longtime coach at the pro and college levels. He's been a pro football scout. 38 years at every level of football, so he has a lot of experience, and he's done some contributing work for uscfootball.com over the years, and uh, probably the most what he's known for the most is analyzing the USC recruiting classes uh, as they came in. He did it the last couple of years, and he's going to do it for the 2009 class, Lanny, and uh, thanks again for joining us. Hope you're doing all right, man. Yeah, I'm doing fine. I'm anxious to get started with this. All right, so uh, I think you know maybe we should uh, let everyone know you have kind of a different rank, and Rivals.com has their five stars and four stars and stuff like that. You have your own level of ranking, so maybe you want to explain that a little bit. Uh, yeah, thank you. I, I do. Uh, I just rank them five, four, three, two. Uh, I'll even stick a one in there once in a while if a guy just can't play in my eyes, and I, I feel that. And you got to understand the way I rank them. I rank the immediate need uh, in a ranking I rank time. It might take a couple of years for guys to play. Uh, people at Arizona State would be disappointed that I didn't think a whole lot like the whole football world does of Burfick. Uh, but I think he'll be possibly a great player someday and for a lot of reasons. But this is a night to talk about SC recruiting. I was just trying to make an example. There are a few people you probably won't agree with, but I'll have an answer if somebody disagrees, I'll sort of try to think that, uh, do a negative or possible negative on everybody. So I'm ready to start. All right. So I guess we should probably start with, uh, we can go through your list, through the five-star guys. You know, let's start with who Landa Julius picks for the five, the, the five-level guys for USC. I have five guys that I think a lot of, uh, one, one five guy to me is Graf. I believe that he's one of the few guys I've ever seen in my life with that wit and that height and body control and shifting of weight with good hand speed that can literally play even a weak side tackle if he had to in an emergency and be and be successful depending on the line splits. But this guy is ready to play. He's from the third he's a second generation, young second generation guy. Dad was a great player. And a good weight man, strong. Brother was a grinder and ended up being a hell of a player his last couple of years at SC. This graph, you know, people say the youngest one's always going to be better, but this guy is going to be very special. If he, because of injury, he could play this year. He's so football savvy. 
and do very well where most highly coveted uh, high school linemen can't. They need body development. This guy is strong. He's intelligent. He's got football instincts. Decent basketball player in a decent basketball league with some bounce. He, he will throw the shot put over 60 feet this year in high school, the 12-pounder, if he cares to and has the time. He's, he's just a wonderful football guy. But what uh, what is in front of him are seven linemen who probably have like 10,000 practice reps literally between them and literally three or four players who've been on the field for, oh, somewhere close to 1,500 minutes. I'm talking about uh, the, the, the right tackle Howe. Uh, the tackle guards and centers, they can play it all. He, uh, Heber and Parsons. Lewis now probably with about 400 to 500 good minutes. On the left side, Brown was seven, 700, 600 minutes in that realm. And then two or three other guys that have played 50 to 100 snaps. And most college coaches will say, well, you need seven. Well, you really need nine or ten. And SC's got seven with a lot of minutes and two with quite a bit of minute, minutes, and then two wonderful redshirt freshmen coming up. So if they choose to redshirt Graf, that'd be good, but he's not going to be any better next year than this year because I think he's that good this year. I think he'll be really good when he plays a lot. So he's my first guy in the top five. He's so, just All right, so that's Kevin Graf, offensive lineman, 6'6", 301 pounds out of Agora, California. My next is Hall. Uh, from from uh, Southern California, and uh, St. Bonaventure guy who's just a special guy. And now you've got, on the other side of the ball, SC recruited five or six safeties this year with the hope of making a couple corners. And actually some of that's pacification because they want to play. They're great players. But Hall's the guy who can play anywhere in the secondary. Put 10 pounds on him. He'll be equally as good as a strong safety because he's a tough guy. Great feet, great body control, great second gear, great closing. On the other side of the ball, if you put him a tailback, I think he'd be SC's best tailback by the middle of the season. He's that good a football wow, player. Wow. you got to get him on the field right away. And uh, he'll play, of all the freshmen in the secondary, he'll play for sure. So I rate him very high, and whether he's a star this year or next, he'll be in a big national name before he leaves SC on the college domain. So that's Patrick Hall. He's, he's listed by Rivals as an athlete and also listed as a five-star guy on Rivals. Uh, Kevin Graff, they actually had a four-star. So there's one little discrepancy there. He's six foot one, 181 pounds. Ventura, California, Saint, one of those St. Bonaventure, Bonaventure guys. Yeah, one of those St. Bonaventure guys. Uh, what, what, I mean, you, well, I talked to you a little bit before about him, and you just really think he's a special player. What, what is, like, stands out the most to you for Patrick Hall? Uh, what stands out the most in terms of me, he has so much range in any position. One, two, he's physical. Three, he's got great football instincts. And four, he's he's not tall if you measure him. He's probably no more than six foot, a half inch, but he plays taller. He has excellent vertical, excellent burst, and he carries a suit that reminds me of only one other Trojan with that speed. Marcus Allen didn't clock great, but he, but he played almost at the same, seat, uh, uh, same speed with a suit on. And that's Patrick Hall. He'll play fast all the time. All right. Well, who's next on your list, Lanny? Jarvis Jones, he's a five guy just like the previous uh, three. Uh, he is special. He's an inside-out burst guy. He can make plays all over the field. He's a little upright, uh, but he has wonderful football instincts. And, you know, that part of Columbus, Georgia, that's a hotbed for football. And he was a hot player in a hotbed. I mean, he's something. He, you know, they make a thing of him like he was uh, almost or an all-state player. On, on a legendary high school basketball team in Columbus, Georgia. But he was one of the best players on a nationally ranked basketball team. Now, the, one of the local L.A. Uh, newspapers alluded to both him and Boyd as helping the SC basketball team. We can put that out of sight. <laughs> I mean, he's a football player, and he'll, he'll hunt you down. He's not a, a word. He's not a headhunter. Those guys, cheap shot artist guys. He's the guy that will hit you. He's the guy that will wrap you up. He's the guy that will make you fumble. He's the guy that will recover fumbles. He's a guy that will pick off balls. He's got wonderful hands, wonderful hands, especially if he's an inside backer. And I see him being Essie's uh, inside backer of the future. I've always thought Gallipo's a very good player, but as a down lineman, uh, I know Gallipo has some experience. I know people are in love. The Orange County group of people are really in love with Gallipo. And he's a fine football player, but he ain't no Jarvis Jones. Well, Jarvis Jones is a very popular guy on the uscfootball.com message boards, Lanny. People do like him. Some people have even put him in their signature file, pictures of Jones. A lot, I get a lot of people 
got upset when they lost Teo and they lost Perfect. But when when Jarvis Joe signed, I think that made a lot of people happy. Oh, I agree with you. Um, and 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 the thing is, I like about him. One other thing about him, he sort of there's a couple guys in this recruiting class, and Green is one of them. We'll get to him later. But Jones sort of gives you that I'm all about business slash Morgan slash Rivers type thing, and I like that in a player, especially when you have to play that position where he'll play at the at the inside backer. And people are also have said he can be a tight end, he can be a this back and a that back. He's an inside he's an inside out pursuit killer. He's a heat seeking missile. <laughs> the fans are going to love that. They're going to love to see him when he gets there in the fall. And my next and, and and my last five guy in this group. And mind you, fours, a lot of fours will be fives, and some of these fives will be fours. But if you get all your fives to be fours and your fours to be five, you got 12 guys in every class getting drafted eventually. Is Kennard, he's a ballerina dancer who will be on the strong side, I bet, when his career uh, be, uh, starts at SC Plain. And I say that when it starts because, you know, people don't understand an MCL, the people that haven't been around it, I've been around 400, I've been around, I've coached about 50 guys. I didn't make them have an MCL, but seven or eight of those guys played in the, M- in, in the uh, NFL, about another eight or nine in the Canadian Football League, guys like Cleveland Green with the Dolphins and Rulin Jones and w- with the Denver and all the Super Bowls. You know, when guys get an MCL, that's a small, that's a hard, small-taking task every day for, for nine to 15 months after the operation to really build the confidence within a guy. And you almost see it in the first practice. I mean, it's almost human nature. His father played in the NFL and he's a wonderful player and he'll be a great player, but that might be a ginger case until you really get him out of the sweats after the freshman sweats thing in two a days. Uh, you don't know. And he's too good to take a chance on. So hopefully he'll be ready to go. But what he is, is a guy that can literally like, Pete Carroll did say, and he was right on this one, that he can cover backs coming out of the backfield, four, six swivel hip type backs. He's just a rare guy. He'll end up being a 265 to 280 guy, uh, and, and he won't lose any speed. He's just a ballerina in cleats, and he, he can keep blockers off him. He can change directions, but all those are, are pre-MCL. So we'll see, but but it's not a life-threatening thing. It's not a career-threatening thing, but it's really tender in the first 15 to 20 practice sessions in the heat. He wants to compete. So if he's ready to play this year, then they'll have an excellent uh, young, strong side end who will compete for the starting job at middle season. And don't forget, he'll be going against another redshirt freshman, Wes Horton, and maybe Dewan Harris, wherever Pete decides to play these guys, all, all really fine athletes. So if the other two guys ahead of him, when they start, are playing well, and he's a little ginger, I'll look for him to be redshirted. And if not redshirted, then he'd be ready to play and be a big-time contributor and a great player, uh, just an absolute great player. So that's Devon Kennard. He was a five-star guy from Rivals as well, 6'3", 257, out of Phoenix, Arizona. Definitely one of the biggest recruits USC got uh, this year. So that's the end of your five guys. I guess we can go to your list of forwards. And like you said, depends on what goes on. Like if Kennard has the redshirt, obviously he really, really wouldn't be a five. He wouldn't be contributing. But let's go over the four guys. McDonald. From Fresno, at, uh, from Fresno is is one of my four guys who will be a wonderful player. You know, the first thing you look at in defensive back, writers in the media for the most part get, get too carried away with this. Fans get too carried away. The most important thing for anybody in deep coverage is to be able to get a guy down, but make sure they don't throw the ball over you or, or they don't come into your area. Uh, you got to get the guy down and cover. you got to be able to cover. Now, McDonald, from an inside slot, from what I've seen on tape and what I know about him, and he looks like he can cover. He can go inside out or outside in or jump in front of him and take the curl away or the short slant, not just with his body and knocking the crap out of somebody, but, but getting his hands. He's got fast enough hands. I mean, he's a guy, one of the few safeties. that He wouldn't be a field corner, but he could play a tight side corner in a pinch. He's an athlete enough. He's a hard competitor. People say, well, it's in the blood, it's in the genes, and it is with him. I mean, his daddy's the same way, like the media people say, uh, and his daddy was wonderful, and he'll be a wonderful player. I, I still believe that he could be redshirted, and the reason why, SC's got 12 or 13 safeties, true safeties. <laughs> Good point. And then you've got, uh, you know, an All-American in Mays, a guy who could have been an All-American without injuries in Pinkert. You've got Will Harris, who could be a first-round draft choice uh, next year. 
You've got McAllister, who will be a first-round draft choice unless he gets hurt. That's four two positions. And you got Jones. And you got Shane Horton, who had a hell of a transformation in his redshirt year. That's six. Then you got you got on and on and on. Then the six new ones, including the Spar. Uh, Sparling at the uh, Starling at the bottom of the pile of those recruits, and so I don't think you want to waste McDonald getting no to hardly no scrimmage minutes except like what uh, our defensive weak side rush end Jackson did last year. Uh, all the numbers he had in the Washington State game, and then he had no numbers for the rest of the year. And in essence, he should have been 245 pounds coming in this year instead of 228 pounds eating out Europe last year. So McDonald. Wonderful player, will be a wonderful player. Of course, all this is always bar an injury. So that's a big-time recruit. I call him a four-guy who will play his way into being a five-guy someday. Yeah, T.J. McDonald, I mean, if you just look at this kid, if you've seen pictures or videos of him, just he definitely passes the eyeball test if he comes off the bus. I mean, he's a big kid, 6'2", probably a little over 200 pounds. He's actually a rival's five-star guy up from the Fresno area, and like you said, US, another one of those USC legacy guys. But who else do you got up on your list? Moore. I like Moore. Now, I saw Moore play... Four games this year, one on television, three in person. I do that with guys I went to high school with. We go to three or four high school games about three out of every four weekends. And then during the playoffs, we go to a lot of games. Moore is just a playmaker. You want to have him on the field. And I could see if an injury happens early, Moore would be the guy, other than Hall, who of the six DBs, would play a lot uh, because he can return kickoffs and he's got a burst and he'll break out of it i mean he's like a, a tighter gable on his returns if given the opportunity and he will have then he'll make many for sc on kickoff returns uh so if an injury hits sc in the middle from one of the two one two starters that's strong and free and, and including pinkert i could see more playing but you really want to take four of those freshmen and redshirt them as a group because you're going to lose four or five guys next year uh, you got sharice Wright coming back and the other four out of the seven pinkert in that group harris mays thomas are seniors so why waste a lot of minutes unless you really need those minutes so i think a lot of them he's ranger than his height he's not six feet he's not six ones he's a big five ten trust me and uh, but he can play. He's an impact hitter, but he makes plays. He's almost like a great point guard in basketball who goes down the end, makes a layup, and then he turns around and steals the ball and puts another layup in there. He's just a playmaker. Yeah, Byron Moore. He's probably the kid I've seen the most just because he's uh, close by to where I live, uh, Narbonne High School over in Harbor City, California. And they were, USC fans were a little worried. It looked like uh, he wasn't going to go to SC, but they picked him at the very end. My next uh, four-type pick who will play his way into being a five someday, but it's been a long haul for him and he'll never have the opportunity to be ever as good as he could have been, will be Martinez. Because if he plays next year, then he sits for two behind Dowd with then three to get two. But if he redshirts like he should, hopefully, because you've got guys at the center position behind Dowd that can come in and play center who have practiced and played at center, like like Parsons and Haber, and even Howe. Remember the first two years he's a center. So you got three backups there, and you don't want to waste minutes. Now, if they're all seniors, you want to waste minutes but and, and get all those guys playing. But Dowd and, and, and Haber and Parsons each have two years of eligibility left. So no need to really use Martinez. What Martinez is, an excellent player, highly intelligent, great football instincts with great feet, change of direction. He's the shift and shuffle, shift and shuffle guy. He's the guy that can change direction, thinking on his feet, and pick up a backside rush guy to go help if somebody else has missed him. He's the guy that can pick up the linebackers, well coached in high school. He's the guy that can read stunts on the move. A lot of guys read stunts but freeze. This guy is a year or two ahead of him, and he comes from a high school coach that I used to coach against. They used to be a player, and, and, and I was a, a defensive line coach in this uh, point of my career in college. And his guys in offense, I couldn't get my guys by him. And one was Rulin Jones, and Rulin Jones had him playing the NFL for 11 years. So he's well coached, and he's going to be, I, I believe, the heir apparent to Dowd, but it won't be to 211. And, and, and uh, they shouldn't waste time by using up his eligibility. All right, that's John Martinez out of uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Probably could put a little more weight on him, too. I think he's only about 265 or so right now. Redshirt year. That's what Redshirt year. That'll do it for All right, who's up next on your list? Barkley. Uh, you know, Barkley, this will be an interesting case. Don't you, you've got to give a guy a chance to compete. Well, that's fine. But uh, the reality of it is he could get on the field and play, and that will help LC in the long run. Because if he does, don't forget, they, didn't get a, they did not get a quarterback in this class. And if Barkley doesn't eat up a year, then it's, then next year, 
The year after is four to get four. And and that's going to turn away a guy like Heaps from Washington. You know, there's seven or eight in this class. There always are that everybody wants and only eight can get. And, and of, of, of the SC offense, there's definitely five. And Heaps is one of them from the state of Washington. Barkley, you want him playing in a way. So I could see him playing. I could see him competing for the starting job. But I can't see him starting. Because you got to think of this. If one gets hurt and one goes, they can say all they want. It just happens. Like a guy like Mustaine, if he doesn't get a chance to prove his wares, I will always believe that after his fourth year and he's not starting, he'll go to one double-A school like the kid from Oklahoma, Bomar did, who led the nation in passing last year, Sam Houston State, who will get drafted in the top four rounds. And Mustaine is going to play in the NFL someday. So you got to give Mustaine the shot. And then comes Corp. But if Mustaine starts for three, Corp is then three to get uh, for two more. Then Corp a three to get three, and Barkley uh, four to get four. That sort of turns off, especially Barkley being a local guy. Any quarterback and coaches in this recruiting through the internet and media and recruiting sites and everything else are aware of everybody now. Naturally, not to mention all the Nike camps, the other camps. Pretty soon, Starbucks will have a camp or something. There's so many camps. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows where everybody's leaving and where everybody's going. So I could see Barkley playing, but I don't think he should because, you know, everybody, even in his league, I mean, you know, the interceptions ratio, all that. But Barkley had a very good year, but it was nothing like the year he had as a junior, and it was nothing like... And the junior year was better than the sophomore year, but the sophomore year was better than the senior year. And sure, we saw him in an all-star game. And they jumped McDonald 50 points in the national rating. McDonald should have stayed at 80. But he's, at, but he's good, and he'll be great. But he should have stayed at 80. He hit a couple guys, batted a couple balls down. The same with Barkley. He, he, he played in an all-star game against great players that couldn't blitz, great players that didn't want to get hurt because they got college coming up, great players that made a few hits. I mean, if you want to see a guy play bad in an all-star game, and not want to get his body hurt, it was Tao. I mean, Tao didn't put a body on anybody in the whole game. He put a hand on everybody and didn't bring anybody down. I mean, he was doing that probably. And Manti Tao is an excellent, excellent guy, obviously. But if you go down and saw every great play, most of the films you see in the All-Star games, those two major, counting the Hawaii game, the three major All-Star games, were, were reviews and previews of what happened on the next play during a, a, a coaching one-on-one drill, not the game itself. The game was so poorly played on both sides of the ball because guys don't want to get hurt. They're having fun. I mean, and, and they're all just tough guys. And, and Barkley sat back there, and even he said it, bless his heart, and he's going to be a wonderful quarterback. But you ain't going to have no Palmer, and you ain't going to have no Sanchez in him, and you ain't going to have no Liner in him. I'm talking about the SC career. I mean, because they're taller and longer, and Barkley is not 6'3 and a half. Like many, every you know, he grows every week on the on the internet. <laughs> and Barkley is a long six one guy. That's what he is. So, the smart thing to do for for Barkley is the redshirt Barkley. The smart thing for SC to do in terms of their future quarterback. What happens if they don't play Bar? Uh, they play Barkley, and then Barkley gets hurt, and 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 a corporal Mustaine eventually leaves. All these guys, like the backs members, said to McNair during the season. The papers wrote about they're all happy. BS. They're all miserable. <laughs> Ball carriers want to carry the ball. That's why you get up in the morning. <laughs> That's a good point, Lenny. All right. Uh, so that was Matt Barkley, quarterback out of Modern Day High School. Obviously, uh, most people have him as uh, the number one quarterback in the country. All right, good stuff so far, Lenny. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back talking more of the USC football recruiting class of 2009. Meet us on the other side of the break for more of the Peristyle Podcast. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287. 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. We now return to the Peristyle Podcast and your host, Ryan Abraham. Welcome back to the Peristyle Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Abraham. We are joined by Lanny Julius, longtime NFL scout, college coach, NFL coach. He's done it all. 38 years of football experience. And we're talking about the 2009 USC football recruiting class. Who's up next on the list there for us, Lanny? 
I missed the five guy, and I apologize for that, and I had him for a four for some reason, Boyd. Boyd of SC is one of my five five guys, the kid from Long uh, L.A. Jordan. James Boyd. So, yeah, he played both quarterback and defensive end. Uh, I was there the night he went 39 for 73 throwing the ball. I was there the night he, he completed three straight passes that brought his uh, team down the field, and then he made a, uh, three straight tackles. He recovered a fumble, and then the very next – series of downs he blocked a pass and intercepted it and then went in and carried the ball four times for 38 yards and drive hardly ever came off the field he's amazing he's listed at six five he's really a six four and a half he's listed at 230 he's really about 224 the guy you got to get him on the field he's an immediate player in this group of immediate players i have for se uh, uh, the ones who can play it are graph but the ones anna barkley and guys like that, but the one who must play, our Boyd, a must play, is Hall. But getting back to Boyd, he's range. You could put him anywhere, and he's going to be a good football player. If they redshirt him, be a great tight end. If you redshirt him, he'd be a great wideout if he just had to learn that. He'd be a big wideout who could play tight end, even better so than Davis, who's in the NFL right now from Ohio, from SC. He's just special. But you know what? He's so special in chasing the ball. He's so much better at this stage of his game than uh, Burfecht. He is much better than him because he changes directions, and Burfecht can never get off a block. I mean, when I saw the championship game tried to uh, uh, in the Corona uh, championship game, uh, you know, when they played for the title, and 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 watched Burfecht, he couldn't get off a block. Uh, a college, and I, I was t- trying to compare Boyd, who I saw get off a lot of blocks and burst to the ball. Five ten and a quarter, two hundred two pound. Uh, De La Salle center just hand, 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 just handicapped him all night long, and a 6-1-209 left tackle pancaked him two plays before the first half when the announcers uh, were raving how good Heber Ficht was, and finally they got to it in the third quarter about, hey, he hasn't made a play in a quarter and a half. And yet you watch Boyd when you go to game. He's a human play machine. He creates havoc. He creates, he creates plus plays. He makes touchdowns that he doesn't have the ball in his hand. He creates plays on defense. He scores touchdowns while throwing the ball. He runs for touchdowns. He's long. He's fast. He's light. He's smart. He's a practice guy. You can tell I like him, right? I, I definitely. And I think a lot of the USC fans loved it when he actually played heads up against Barkley. He had a better day under center than Barkley did. So it's, a, it's going to be interesting. He's, he's definitely a player to watch. I think fans are going to like it when he gets One other thing on his team, he played on a team that suited up 28 guys and played 24 that's a big thing. He, Boyd, played a team suited up 24 guys against the modern-day phalanx that had 103 suited up on the wow. side, and plus 14 priests. <laughs> All right, Larry. So he's a, a late a late five-star addition. Then who, who do we have else on your I love Flournoy. List? I've watched Flournoy. I've been telling my friend who's the Heisman pundit and, 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 and my other friend, Ryan, who's speaking to you when I can't stop running my mouth here. <laughs> Uh, Flournoy, since the ninth grade, I've been watching him. I stopped off and watched him in a JV game once, years ago. I told Chris Houston about him. I said, there's this kid named Flournoy. And I watched him, and I was so happy when he signed with USC just to stay local. I just want to watch that guy play. If he went to UCLA, it wouldn't make me unhappy. He's just fun to watch play. I mean, I love football. And, and Flournoy can catch the ball. See, what people don't know when they do stats, Flournoy, I know, was banged up. Like, I, I made reference to this in, in Ryan's site, evaluating the recruits two years ago. If you read the archives, Jameer Holland, he's, he's been in, in high school for 60 plays. He's only 60 games. He's only played in 24 of them. I actually actually dropped off and watched some practices. Well, Flournoy's different. He was hurt. He was banged up and played hurt. But in the last six games of the season, if you rate competition from 1 to a 10, him playing against teams that were 8s and 9s nationally, against some guys who are nine-type comfort guys. He was unbelievable. The run after the catch, the routes he ran, the speed, the separation, the breakaway. He'll block guys downfield. He's got a burst off the line of scrimmage, a good change of direction. He's got some magic. So he's definitely, definitely, if you have to pick one guy that's going to play this year, even more so than Hall, more so than Graff, more so than Boyd, will be Flournoy because they only got six or seven other true receivers in the program. Uh, And then Cameron making eight, and they don't know what he is yet. He's actually a forward in basketball right now. So that's, he's going to play. That's Devon Flournoy out of Birmingham High School. I got to see him in his uh, CIF game against uh, Byron Moore and Narbonne. And, uh, yeah, he was a little banged up there. He said he could have played more, and the coaches were keeping him out. So, you know, to his credit, he wanted to play more than they actually got him in. And one other thing, without training hard for track, I mean, he ran in bad weather 10, 700 meters. And if he runs a 10, 5, if he trains for track, he's legit a 4, 4, 5 guy. He's not a makeup because he's got burst. But getting on, my next guy is... Tel- Telfort from uh, Miami, 
and I just love him. Uh, a good friend of mine, Ron Lynn, I used to live with him. We coached together for years, and Ron, who was a defensive coordinator in some of Cal's better days, been an NFL coach for 26 years. He's the assistant head coach at Stanford. He's sort of a defensive guru. He's a really brilliant guy. He's the one that kept us, I mean, kept Stanford in the game with us last year for 45 minutes. I mean, he's magical. He told me that Telford is one of the great high school players he's ever seen, and I've seen tape and film on him, and I watched game tape and and highlight tape on him. He's a, such an intelligent kid. Uh, he's an insatiable hitter. He reminds me of a guy of my era named Damon Bame, and who was one of SC's great All-Americans uh, ever in the history of the school. Played there two years, made Associated Press All-American two years with only one spring practice. Telford uh, is about 5'10", half, 5'11". He's a hitter on the run, will create fumbles. He'll intercept the ball. He's bouncy. Pete said, you know, when he did a review that I read about the guy could be on the field because he's a player and he's a special teams guy and a pre-med. And he's just a class act, but he's a class act as a football player. He will be on the field, and I, I will. See, you will see him uh, as a true freshman, as a weak outside backer. You'll see him create five or six fumbles on kickoff or punt coverage, but you'll see him get minutes well into the third or fourth game. I'd be shocked. He's a high-level, high-intelligent guy. He's got somewhere around 160-plus IQ. I mean, something like that. He's going to be a doctor. It's not a made-up thing. How Some guys say they want to be a doctor, but they have a hard time being a plumber. This guy <laughs> will be a doctor someday, and, and, and he's, just, he's just the gift. It's a gift for him to go to SC. It's a gift for SC to have him. I mean, it's, he's just a great match. He'll be a great player. He'll play right away. You don't want to get a redshirt guy and a guy who's going to be a doctor because he's got to be a brain surgeon. <laughs> All right. That's Frankie Telford, Miami, Florida, one of the later signings that USC had, four-star linebacker, 5'11", 197, 200 pounds, something in that range. All right. Is that, do you have any more four uh, Yeah, one more four-star. Finally, we've got a Simmons that could be a star. This guy's for ah, real. There was, how many Simmons have gone Well, to we've USC? gone through four, and we know what happened to the, the last one, but – uh, you know, and, and bless his heart and hope everything works out for him. But this Simmons is long, lithe, tough, physical. This is the Simmons. They all wish that all the Simmons were whoever know the Simmons. This guy is a big, big, big-time player who will be a big, big, big-time player for the rest of his life. When he, uh, This guy can run. He can cover. He can switch directions. He's got a great vertical. He's a mouth-to-mouth tackler. He's got great football instincts. When you see uh, him play, you always remember 2-2 is the numbers because he makes plays all over the field. He makes backside plays. He goes to cut, cut, cut off points. He chases. He runs you down. He runs four or five backs down, uh, and he's probably a legit four or five guy. He might be faster. I mean, you don't want to get him too big because he's too physical and strong anyway. You don't want to get him much more than 220 uh, because that guy can play a lot of positions. I look for him to get a lot of minutes. Uh, based on his football IQ, I don't know his football IQ, but he sure looks like he has great football instincts, which gives him, in my mind, a great football IQ. He'll play right away as a backup. I mean, special teams is one thing, but 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 he, but he'll battle. He'll make Smith a better player. He and Telford will make Smith a better player. But I can see him playing a lot. Of course, all this is barring injuries. All this is barring all the things that possibly can happen. But at the worst, by 210, he'll be a very, very outstanding football player at SC. Marcus Simmons out of Compton. Yeah, especially with USC losing all those linebackers, of course, they're going to need a need a few backers to come in there. So all these guys come in and have definitely have a chance to make it on that two deep and uh, work their way onto the field. So who? So that's that's the end of the four guys. Now describe what the three guys are. And the three guys are guys because of situation definitely that will take time to develop. You know, you look at. Uh, a case like I'm going to bring up uh, the young man from San Francisco, Green. He'll be my next one. But the three guys are like Green. Green's only played a little more than a year of football. He's only been in two years of camps. And Green is a highly intelligent, class act of a guy, class act of a guy who has a lot of uh, athletic abilities other than football. He's competed in various things in tournaments, uh, whether it's handball, racquetball, uh, volleyball. I mean, the guy's just an athlete. And when you talk to him, you look at a guy that, might be the governor someday. When you listen to him, he's so mature. He comes from Sacred Heart, private Catholic high school, San Francisco, which has a great academic tradition. And I'll tell you, somebody's done a, a great job raising him. He's articulate. He's a deep thinker. He sort of reminds me in the class of the Rivers and the Morgans, just guys who don't know who they are. They don't get in trouble. And because they don't get in trouble, they don't get a lot of high highlights. All they do is lead you to national championships or national championship games. He'll fit in that mode. I, you know, he's about 6'3", six, 6'3 three, six, three and a half at the most. You know, he'll play after a redshirt year, and I hope they do redshirt him, at about 260, 265. By the time he's a third-year junior, say in 212, he'll be unbelievable. Maybe 211 as a second-year sophomore. they got to redshirt him. He's got great vertical. He's very intelligent. You can tell when you watch drills on tape 
or he's, he's not methodical. He wants to learn. He, he's a, every step of the way is important to him on a football field. And it's the same kind of guy that every step uh, of his way in life probably will be important to him. He does things for a purpose to be successful. I, if I could, when I'm dead, it'll be long gone before this guy's old. But you, if I could look down and say 10 Trojans that I think will have made an impact in life besides who have come off a football player, I think Morgan... Rivers and Green will be those three players. So Green will be a great football player at SC, but it will take a longer time. Wow. Very high praise from Lanny of Kevin Green. I think uh, Georgia fans will like what they see there, like what they're hearing about him anyway. Who, who else you got on the list there? For Harfman, the, the kicker. Uh, now, his uh, head coach, Bastrop at Mount Sac, is a good friend of mine who sent me tapes during the year. I go to Mount Sac games because I love it. I watch the J.C. football. as a J.C. coach at uh, for seven years, three different junior colleges. I had to recruit guys and some had to live with me, broke every rule in the world, but we won games. They didn't have a place to live, and they had things called BOG that day, in those days. And I got to really fall in love with junior college football. And Harfman is a kicker who actually is a better long field goal kicker than he is a conversion kicker. I mean, he actually missed, I believe, seven or eight of those, but hit all his long field goals. You save his leg because he, he can hit it for 55 to 60. His long's probably something like 53 or 54. He set the Mount Sac record this year. But I never believed him. See, everybody's trying to find uh, Gano, the Florida State kicker, and a couple others that did both both things this year. But, you know, front side, back side, when you have a long field goal kicker and a, and a hell of a kickoff man like this kid has been, you don't want to waste his leg in too many punts and vice versa. So I could see him not being the punter by midseason after he shanks a couple 33-yarders against team field positions after he's kicked a 55-yard field goal. It won't be his fault. Run on the field, run off the field. Kickoff, onside kick, field goal, conversion. Uh, you know, you get tired. Uh, you say you're not, but your leg's tired. Uh, the great boxers only have 20 great right hooks in them, even in a 12-round fight. It comes from the hips. This comes from the hips. So I think he'll end up being a wonderful long field goal kicker. He'll get his uh, conversion thing. He had to do everything in Mount Sac. Bastrop used him at everything. So he got a little tired, and he had some misses on conversions. And in that league, 47-40 is a low-scoring football game. So he's running on and off the field. But he'll kick uh, two or three out of the end zone. He'll kick the other three in the middle of the end zone. And he'll put some on the four-yard line and five-yard line, and that's because he's been doing the punting and all the other stuff. But I see him as being a big plus for SC and not missing a beat, leaving, uh, taking up for uh, Bueller left off. So all right. Yeah, that Jake Harfman, uh, J.C. kicker out of Walnut. Um, yeah, that USC hasn't offered a, a kicker out of high school or out of J.C., given a scholarship right away for a while. So that I think some of the USC No, no, this whole playing. century. No. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. The other uh, guy I want to bring up, the other Mount Sac kept, Van Gupo. Heberon Van Gupo. He, he was kind of my sleeper pick for this class, yeah. He's wonderful. Uh, what he is, you almost want to make him a nose guard, but what he is is really a defensive strong side tackle. What he is is got some ballerina in him. He can float to the ball. He's a chase guy. He's Wait, a, a high. 330-pound three, ballerina, yeah. Lanny. That's, that's <laughs> well, a lot. Yeah, yeah, but but his girlfriend might be that big, too. We don't know, you know? <laughs> so, uh, anyway, Van Gupo is a guy that will chase you. He's a motor guy, a high-motor guy. Uh, you know, I look like an accountant. I'm almost wimpy looking, but I was a line coach for over 30 years on both sides of the ball, and I had big guys. My most wonderful years were coaching the wonderful Simones that I coached or the guys from that Pacific realm, uh, rim, uh, in that realm. And and he's one of those guys. He just plays with a high motor, probably a great guy off the field. His coaches love him at Mount Sac. People love him around the campus. I remember when I went to one of the Mount Sac games out there this year, I, I, I just walked around the campus, talked to kids who were there for a football game. It was with a couple of friends of mine that I went to high school with. And we watched him. He's a high motor guy. He makes plays. He's a, a wrap-you-up tackler. He's guys who get off a block. He's a low base guy. He's probably 6'1", not 6'2". He's probably a solid 295 or 300, and he weighs 330. I mean, the guy looks great. He plays great. He's got shuffle from side to side. He, he puts his arms out in front of him, protects cutoff blocks. He plays with a decent foreign lead, and he hunts down the ball. I think that he'll give Armstead all he can handle, or Harris if he's playing there, to start it early in the season at strong side tackle. I, 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 I would be shocked if he wasn't playing two to 300 minutes this year in that line. He'll play both positions, trust me. He'll play both positions. Uh, I think he'll be at the worst, at the worst to pool. I think at the best, he'll be in the NFL. So, wow, that's high praise again for Fangupa. I did, I did pick him, I think, in the last podcast or podcast before. They asked me 
who the sleeper pick was. And I really thought, you know, he has a good chance to contribute because the, the, the middle of the defensive line is wide open. Who knows what can happen there? And he's, he's got as good a shot as anybody to make a big splash there. Yeah, and he's really a splash. I imagine that splash three <laughs> Woo! Don't see that guy cannonball, man. He's big. But he does his feet move. You know, Lenny's right. He's a great feet for the guy that size. I'm looking for uh, – here's one of the 243 safeties at SC. Harris, right. who will be a corner. He's a corner also. But Torian Harris is uh, a guy that's going to really deceive people. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't believe the service that I picked up somewhere along the line said uh, recruiting – Question mark. I don't see what's the question mark. The guy hand clocked ran a 10-600 meters, which equals a 10-7-5. The guy's a long strider, but doesn't play with a long stride. He has a way to chop it down fast. He could play a boundary corner. He would be a, a safety. He, he's a tough enough guy to play any of the three positions in secondary. He's more than a just-get-you-down guy. He plays taller. He's probably six foot a half inch, six feet. He plays like he's 6'3". He's rangy, very vertical. He's got a diagonal part about him that's fabulous on a football field. He, he'll, he'll, he'll tackle you. He'll wrap you up. He'll compete. He'll, he'll go down and get up off the ground. He'll recover a fumble. He's got hand speed, which is foot speed and hand speed go hand in hand for, for great to very good defensive backs. He's got all that. He will play. He should redshirt. He will redshirt. And, and if he doesn't, that's SC's fault. He's a five-year guy. So he will be a, a major contributor, possibly late in in or middle of his third year when he's a sophomore. But he's going to be, at least for two years, a very, very important part of the SC defense, again, barring injury. But that's a, that's a good get for SC. He's a fast guy with lots of ability who will be a major contributor. That's Torn Harris out of uh, Las Vegas. Harvey Hyde, who you know, we usually talk to every podcast, he was pretty high on him. He's a Las Vegas guy as well, so he kind of knew a little bit more about Torn Harris. Uh, who else he got on that three-star well, list? The other... The other um is is uh, Starling the the young man from Florida? Now Starling's uh, a long lifetime player who should redshirt. But you know I have a saying, and I think I've coined this: the more far away, the earlier they should play. He's a Florida kid. He got a Tallahassee Lincoln kid. He got Bryant in the area. Believe me, I once recruited to Mark Vanover. I know Tallahassee Lincoln. I lived <laughs> in that town. I had more uh, Coca Colas and root beer juices at the outdoor bar at the Tallahassee, and then than ever ever been recorded. I got a lot of players out there when I was in Colorado. Had a lot of a few players there, University of Colorado, and I had some in pro ball. Lincoln is a factory, and you got Bryant, and you got Starling, and Starling is a player, and Starling will play, and he, and I bet he's on the field early because the farther away you got to get him to play, and you want him to be happy. You don't want him being one of those guys. It's easy when you live in Nevada, Arizona, and you don't make the traveling roster in your red shirt to get on a plane and go eat mama's cooking in Phoenix or eat mama's cooking in San Francisco or eat mama's cooking in Nevada. It's hard to eat mama's cooking 3,000 miles away and come back right away. you got to digest it. You want him You want him playing on the field and contributing in some fashion so he can do positive things, except, especially with the four or five Florida tro, uh, Florida Trojans now because that's a big recruiting tell. Uh, tool in that state to play right away that's like bragging rights because you know you watch the flukers who'll play right away at alabama you watch the kid the sc coveted from texas will play and start right away from oklahoma the guys from away gotta play and i, I bring up names we never know how good they'll have been in an sc uniform I, I never thought much of them i didn't think little of them but perez I never thought too much of green uh, i thought a lot of moody um, other guys like that, Ross, a strong safety in the part of recruiting, watch them from Louisiana, different guys, on and on, Hazleton to the left. If you look at most of the guys, they're from far away. They're not from Nevada. They're not from Northern Cal. They're not from Arizona. So play him, and he'll bring you, even if he's good or just pretty good. He's not going to be bad. He might be good or pretty good, but he might be great. He's long. He's light. He's played the highest level of high school football you can play. I like him as a player. I like him as a safety. And uh, bottom line, I want to like him more the next time SC recruits a five-type guy from the high school, which they will because of him and Bryant. Yeah, I mean, having T.J. Bryant here, I think that makes it a little bit easier for the transition for Starling, you would think. And, All uh, except the weekend when T.J. Bryant's in the traveling squad and he isn't. But anyway. Oh, yeah, that would be a little bit tougher for him. So, all right, so uh, we got a good list going here. Who else you got on this three list? All right, is that so? Do we, is that the end of the? Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's the end of the three stars. Then we're going to do. You have one guy. Well, a two, a two. Uh, this is a this is a guy who's very tough and is going to be a good college football player. But he's the rapping because the package was tail, and uh, it's all of a sudden it's really strange that he bursts on the scene when he's on nobody's scene, and all of a sudden, of course, the great recruiting analyst. Um, 
our 34-year-old new head coach, Sarkeesian, also offers him because his friend who helped him get him the Washington job went after Vekiti to get Hosiak, and none of them got Hosiak. So he's the rapping, but he's a good rapping, and the telltale sign was during signing day when Pete said, yeah, he's going to be a good fullback and really a great special teams player. And he will be because this guy is a football player. I, I think he's better than Shoemate yesterday. So that would make him the second string pullback in my mind. And eventually will be a guy, I know it's going to sound wild, but that's the kind of guy that you breed, that plays, and you grow, and he plays in the NFL. There's 11 teams that, that play that position, and there's very few of them out there. In college football, I can name five of them right now. And another five are playing in Division Two that you or I or the listening audience right now have never heard of that play because they can play that position. He is a fullback in the SC system. If they ever... You know, and, and he is a good football player. But I have him as a two because he's going to sit for two. I mean, on the bench, other than the special teams. And he'll learn and train. And when we wipe Washington State out next time, 81 to 6 or something, he'll play 11 snaps <laughs> like Green, who thought, my, remember the Green thing, my team, my team? Those guys from Hawaii aren't my team, my team. They're all about their team. They don't have to announce it. They're great guys to have. they got Hawaiian guys. And he'll play and he'll work his way. And I, I see him playing a lot of football after for two years after Havili's gone. Now, that's it. you talk about guys from far away, Simeone. I, Gerard taught me how to say his name right, Simeone Vahakite. So I think I had to say that. But he came for, for, for visits out here in the United States. He'd never really been to the mainland before. So it's kind of a big, a big jump for a kid like that. I mean, oh, it really yeah, is. But, the, but like you said, I mean, there a lot of the, a lot of kids from there just seem to be. They have such level heads, and they, they no seem to better guy to be. I've been on six college campuses coach as a coach. No better guy, than to walk through during the season or on a rainy day in April or in summer after and run into one of your Samoan or Tongan players. They're just wonderful guys. I mean, they're a joy to be around. They're class acts on the field. They're respectful to the coaches. And then they'll go kill you. <laughs> I mean, football. they'll kill on, on the football, football field. field. Yeah. That was yeah. A... They'll just <laughs> go kill you. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, you know, I was raving about Maiva his second game and I was raving to the two guys in the room about Maiva four years ago. And, and, Finally, he got his due because he didn't stand up there and be braggioso or anything. Whenever interviewed, they were just that, – that's the way uh, – I, I just picture most of those guys. Yeah, it's stereotyped. They're just wonderful. And, um, you know, but the other thing is um, – I'm going to jump into something else for a second. Let's talk about, if it's okay, some of the got away. Okay. Some, yeah. yeah, that's cool. Well, we wanted – we can't have everybody. You know, just like on the Sanchez signing, it's like a candy store. Pete wants to keep all the toys. Well, you train the toys – before they run out of grease to go roll down the hill. And that's what Sanchez is doing. He's going to reap the benefits of what he was told. Well, the same thing happened uh, on, on Teo, but the other way. I have never seen on any tape or anything Teo crush anybody. I mean crush anybody. I saw high school tapes of Mali. I saw high school tapes of Maiva. I saw Cushing. He was a human uh, heat-seeking missile killer machine. I've seen high school tapes even of Brown before he got his banged-up career at SC from Long Beach. Matthews, I saw games with him, even at 204 pounds when he was just running through people who were 240 and were Division One types and 17 when he was 15. I've never, I, in the All-Star game, if you watch the All-Star tape, Taylor's a hand grabber. I mean, Tao is a run around. He, he really knocks the hell out of you from the back. And it's not, he's not a coward. He's not a, the word chicken. He's a football player. But he's a whole lot different. I made a statement to Chris and two other guys and Sam Sakalakis, the SC place here of the early 50s. It doesn't matter where he goes. I truly feel this guy will end up at BYU eventually. And, 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 and he's very devout in his religion, and I believe so. And I believe, I believe he will go on a mission. In, in, in Not all guys, like there's three guys across town at UCLA said they go on a mission, but they never got to the bus stop because, you know, they got to liking the college thing. But I think... Tail's one of the one in ten that will go on a mission, or one in twenty who's not going to BYU at the time. At the time, and 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 I think that might be good for him because you know. Let me tell you this about Hawaiian football. Hawaii basically very very tough young players, very hard grinders, street fighting tough. Football with cleat street fighting tough. A lot of great competition, but if you watch a lot of Hawaii games, I learned this from Dave Levy years ago. He's one of the legendary assistant head coaches in USC history in the McKay dynasty. That. They have great competition, but not much quality. And because of population, it's like three to one over when Dave made that statement in the 70s and 80s, about the 60s. I mean, there's probably 15 big-time players in Hawaii every year, and we always know one or two. But you got a state, what, four or five million now, three million, whatever that is. 
It's a, it's a, it's, it's bigger than Utah. And Utah's got 25 legitimate big-time Division One players every year, and nobody can name except people that follow it every day, five of them, let alone all 25. And another 50 who will start in high-end division football. No, another 150, because I'm not even including the Utah four-year schools. But the bottom line, though, is that the competition is great. The quality isn't. And you have to dominate, like Hossiak did. But then Hossiak and, and, and Suafilu, who's from Utah, and they're very good buddies, dominated in their all-star game against high-end five- and four-star type recruits, what they, they call the star afterwards. Tail, I never saw him dominate anybody. And I'm going to get to Burfick on this, the domination. All you do, I, I think some of you probably taped the, the All-Star game or have a tape of that or on your TV. Watch the All-Star game, All-Star state championship game. Watch that game, De La Salle. Watch him, Burfick, and you'll know what I'm talking about. He can't get off a block. He doesn't care to get off a block. He, I mean, when he, when he lines up seven yards away, he is, he's a diagonal hitter, inside out, diagonally. And he'll knock the hell out of you. But in the rain, I saw a good, not great, a barely good high school offensive back just sidestep him like a bull going crazy in a china closet. He, he can't change directions in bad weather, a wet field. He plays with his head down, feeling the hole. He never reads the ball. And he's not a jump-on-pile guy. He's a guy that will lean on the pile, meaning he'll make ferocious hits. He's very physical, very tough. But it's like you don't want to meet that guy in an alley a 10-foot alley, but you love if you're a very tough big guy like him to fight him in a boxing ring because all you do is hook him to death in the ribs because he puts his head down and runs at the first target he sees. He can't get off a block. He can't read on the run. He can't step up and fill a gap. And I mean this. Mark my words, the last four games of the De La Salle Corona Centennial game of the first half and then the entire third quarter, watch him. And then you'll think back on the first quarter and play it again. He can't get rid of a block. He can't take on a block. He can't get a helmet across his face. If he's got an open shot, he'll kill you. But you think on a toss in, in good uh, competition against the Ohio States and the Notre Dames and all those schools, the Cal Berkeleys and Oregon States that are physical on defense, that he's going to have all those open shots at Arizona State vertical to hit you inside out. What he'll do is he'll, he'll be nominated for All-American because when he's a kickoff, he'll knock the bar, ball loose on two straight shots running 70 yards from some running back from Portland State. <laughs> and what he'll do is be a high school All-American who's become a freshman All-American. And what he'll do is when you really get in the inside of Arizona, this guy's going to take a couple of years to become a good football player, let alone a great football player. He's going to create two fumbles. He's going to make 10 tackles. And then he's going to give the other team 30 bad plays. And 30 to 10 is not very good. All right, so uh, At least for a while. At least for a while. All right. So there, So you're pretty happy, though. I mean, those are two obviously big you mentioned two big time. Yeah, I wasn't linebackers. too disappointed uh, us not getting those guys. But the guys that uh, you know you wanted to get, you can't get everybody. The Pete Candy Store thing, and he recovers fine from it. Everybody does. But Carroll was critical because he's so much faster than everybody. Um, uh, you know, a track guy in a football suit. Believe me, all the wind sprints you see on TV and everything. This guy is the number one returning 200-meter dash guy in the country. All people can say, well, you don't run a 200-meter in a football game or 100-meter. You know, I'd rather have a guy who runs a 10, 200 meters than a guy who runs a 4, 3, 40, because at 60 or 70 yards, you can go all the way. And see guys like McKnight and Johnson, who don't have a lot of 80-yard returns on their resume, like Bush did. I mean, you just wear down after a while. And the track guy, who's also a football player first, is always rare to have. And, and, and a friend of mine walking out, a longtime acquaintance, uh, named Howard Benioff, an SC guy, uh, who's a great guy. He said to me after walking out of SC, he comes up to me and says, who's better, Flannoy or Carroll? And I, uh, who'd you rather have? And I says, well, God, I want them both, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and and uh, he looked at me, well, you know, and I'll never forget this. He alluded like, like um, Carroll was a bad guy, you know, and, and all of a sudden he's a bad guy because SC's not getting him. Well, you can name a bunch of guys at Notre Dame saying right now that, 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 that Taylor's a great guy, a bunch of guys who follow SC and UCLA saying Taylor's a bad guy because they didn't get him. That's just the nature of the game. But I'd rather have both. But if you flip, you want them both. But you can't take away because he didn't go to SC Carroll's ability. I mean, what he can do with a ball in his hands. And he's got good hands, and he can play either side of the ball, and he will play one of them. It's all BS when they say, well, you can play defense and get some offensive plays. That's crap. That lasts about two games. See Teddy again on that one. See 25 years ago, Anthony Carter from Michigan, they told him the same thing. And see another 200 guys that I could email you that were told the same thing. They end up playing one way. Fitzgerald was told he'd be a safety, and then he could play some receiver coming out of Pittsburgh. <laughs> so, so he's going to be a wonderful player that we miss. Hey, we never had him. 
We got a commitment's a big thing. It's like, you know, marriage thing, you know, engage. Well, we've lived together for four years, but you ain't married. It ain't the same. So. Is it is it different now, Lanny, than when you were recruiting? Are there more decommits and stuff just because there's more information? Oh, no, there? I don't see there were no commits. You know why? What? No no letter of intent until, until uh, the, the – uh, there was no letter of intent until the late 60s. This went on to May, and then all the summer. I got my best guys in the summer because when everybody else was in Hawaii, I, I was just – parked around the corner i got guys <laughs> i didn't forget them and and no letter of intent the letter of intent started up in 65 and and it went all the way to the early 70s but there was unlimited recruiting and then it went down from to may to april and then a couple of years later to to late march and the recruiting uh on this day on this day some 20 years ago the second love of my life broke up with me because it was letter of intent day and she thought it was too long on this day i'll never forget it most guys remember valentine's I, I i i call mine dump day on the february 17th i'll never forget it she just dumped me and 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 uh uh you know recruiting went on and on and and there were no at one time re- recruiting lee russon at the university of north carolina who started on two giant Super Bowl teams, SC1 and very bad in the 80s. I made 81 trips, I mean, uh, 41 trips to Greensboro, 82, actually, back and forth, in 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 a 66-day period to get Lee Russo. And it went down to me, John Robinson, who was easy to beat because he forgot what he, he was talking about, and Jackie Sherrill, who, who thought he invented football. And I went in there, and I had meat in my pocket and fed the German Shepherd. I got it from a market that... German Shepherd legendary. He chased everybody else around the world. He licked my hand. The parents decided he should go to Colorado. <laughs> so, and uh, so I'm jumping off now. Another one. You have to say Presley because he's a, he's he, he's a freak. He's a football freak. He'll line up at five positions. He'll be listed as a fullback, tailback at, at UCLA, running back, wide receiver. They'll play him all over the field. Normal, do a great job of him. Love to have had him, and, and sort of needed him because you get that that um, long life athletic receiver that we don't have a tight end that's why the other guy they'd hoped to probably get who might have fit the bill but i don't think he'll jeffrey's from from he's no presley he's just bigger he's actually almost more like a rush end or a strong safety type um uh i think tomorrow jeffrey whatever his name was so that that's so presley's somewhat not a loss we didn't have him it's a hit it's a recruiting hit. You'd want him, but you get the next Presley next year. You, you can't have 15 All-Americans every year. Nothing wrong with 14. So <laughs> next one is um, the two linemen. Yeah, definite. Well, they're rare because uh, they're big. They're active. Sulafilo. Su- Sulafilo and Haziak. Uh, yeah. yeah. um, they're rare. And, and what Haziak reminds me of a taller deuce. He's, he's, he's so wide. He's like Graf. He's even wider than Graf. He's got great back. He's got shift to gears. Shift and, he's got shift and shuffle. He can bend his hips. Uh, He's got fast hand speed. He's bulky. He's got uh, drive block in him. He, they'll make a mistake if they play him at a weak side tackle. I think he should play the weak side guard. Uh, I think SC would have done that with him. Uh, yeah, that's a hit because you always want that kind of guy. He dominated in his all-star game against a dominant defensive player. And the other guy, Suafilo, you, you, you want him because that's rare. He's a ballerina. He's a... He's a canard on offense type guy who's a high motor guy, who's a gentleman off the field, uh, who's, a, who, who, who's a really a tough guy on the field with great feet. Both those guys are feet guys. So you want long, lithe feet guy in Suafilo, a long, lithe deuce type guy like we had who's in, with the Cardinals right now, playing inside like Hosiak. Um So it's not a loss, but it's hit. So instead of you know, getting the two this year, and hopefully those two are one of those two. You got to get four next year, one or three. We'll, Pratt Rule probably wants ten, but God bless him. We need all we can get. <laughs> wow! All and right. that and and that it. That's about it. Uh, I'm 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 really happy to have done this. I enjoyed it. Uh, I hope the audience enjoyed it. No, I hope so, Lanny. I'm sure they did. I really enjoyed it. And you are a, you are our first guest to go the entire hour on the podcast. We usually have you know guests come in. 20 minutes. Maybe we did some 40 minutes. Well, you were the first one to take up the entire hour, Lanny. So I'm sure. Uh, I'm honored and I'm proud. And I got another hour. You want to do it? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll definitely love to have you on again. And just wanted to let people know. Um, we'll, we'll put up some, some links on the Peristyle podcast page to some of Lanny's old. Uh, or we'll do it on the uscfootball.com message boards. A couple of his stories that he wrote for us. And uh, some of the. You know, he's pretty accurate when you're talking about you know, uh, looking at recruits um, right after they sign and then find out what they do in the next couple of years. So there's some pretty interesting stories to do there. And it's also uh, later this spring, you can read more from 
from Lanny on recruitpundit.com. So he's going to have a website come out where he'll be able to uh, you know analyze some of the recruits and but, stuff. But, but your website's always my first love now. Well, that um, we're, we're always glad to have you contribute, Lanny, and thank you very much. And everyone else, thank you very much. It's the 53rd episode of the Peristyle Podcast. Hope you'd enjoy. It was the Lanny Hour. And uh, if, if you've read his stuff, you can see the kind of quirky nature and how he, what he brings to the table. Definitely an opinionated person, and he has uh, really good stuff on all these recruits. So thank you to Lanny. Thank you to everyone else out there, listeners. If, if you have any questions or comments, always drop us an email, podcast at uscfootball.com. We'll see you next week, Trojan fans. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. And don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your iPod or MP3 player for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. Peristyle.